Welcome to Book Talk. All of our technical issues have been erased. We had a problem before we came in the last hour where the our thing is called an encoder that starts our stream. Well, that got hidden and it couldn't be found anywhere. So we learned a quick trick to, to restore that and make sure that that doesn't happen again. So saying all of that, you don't want to hear that. You want to talk about books. So that's what we're here for. So take it away, Jenny. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Book Talk for, gosh, January 30th already. I swear the year is going to go just as fast as the last one, if not faster. But anyway, how are you this afternoon, Nolan? I'm here, finally. There he is. I'm okay. I'm doing well, as a matter of fact. Just, it's just been a day. The technology has has kicked me around all day long, and I've. Oh. Anytime you have I, to I restart feeling, your machine though. four times, you're yeah. I know the feeling, Nolan. When I came into Zoom, it, Bill Bill didn't do it, but Zoom kicked me out three times. Three times, yeah. it went all down yeah. from there. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's good and then stuff. Our little encoder got hit in. We couldn't find the encoder to start the server. <laughs> oh, no. Been there, done that. Oh, been there so many times. If anybody cares to know, oh, just give me some time. I know how to fix that. Oh. We, at least we're all having a day, yeah? yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> when it rains, it pours, it seems like. Oh. So we're back to streaming and everything is well with the world. So one thing I thought I, I might when people want to call and talk to us, and even if you have some, I've been reading so many book series and things. I'm looking for good books that are not a series, that are really good, and it's a good mystery or a good whatever that makes you want to read it, but it's not part of a series. I have so many series going on. Those are getting so hard to find, aren't they? They are. It seems like everything is part of a series anymore. Yep. Yep. If it looks the least bit interesting, and then you read it and you find out, oh, that was the fifth one. Now I... <laughs> right, right, right. That's why I try hard not to review books that are four, five, six, or seven, whatever, in a series. I guess. We had another listener suggestion who wanted to know, are there special books you read with your mom your dad your brother sister somebody special in your life that brings back good memories for you that's, that's a great question, question. Yeah. yeah yeah i don't and, and i sent out in the in the announcement if anyone has a favorite book that they or a book that they read in the winter when you have you want to curl up by the fire and you have a nice long book you want to read to pass the winter Long nights away. We're always looking for those too. I did read a little book that was part of a a part of a series, but it was so small that it's worth telling you about. And I could only find it on Bookshare. And it was um, actually they number it as book eight and a half, I believe, of the oh the Rizzoli and Isles series. Mm-hmm. And it was it was called Freaks. And it's just it's a short story is all it is. It's not even a novel. It's like 10 chapters. And I'm, I'm trying to remember. I don't think it was more than 30 or 40 pages. And it's about this girl, this young girl. They find her dead in a coffin. And Rizzoli is... And Isles are called out to find out what happened to her. And the father wants to charge this boy that had been with her, that was her friend for her murder, because for whatever reason they had been, he thinks he's a vampire, and so did she. So she, they found her at first when Rizzoli went there, she thought she was just sleeping and she was laying in a coffin. And of course, her father wants wants to to 
put it on the boy, but they find out it wasn't the boy who did it. And it was a neat little book, and you definitely don't have to read any other books in that series to read that little book. And that was, um, what are like Freaks, it was called. And who's the author? Tess Gerritsen. That's G-E-R-R-I-T-S-E-N, for those of you who need right. that spelling. And, that, it's and an I can only spelling. find it on Bookshare. I looked even in Audible and several other places. Well, Randy is here. She might have some help with some of these questions. Hey, Randy. Hi. Um, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember the author offhand. Especially, and I hate when that happens, especially since I'm reading the book. Um, but I started reading the Kennedy Debutante, and it's fiction. It's a fiction, fictional story about Kathleen Kennedy, and it's it's a different read for me. But I'm really enjoying it, um, and it's. The commercial version. Julia Whelan reads it. Um, and my mom and I often share books. We don't do a lot of rereads, but a lot of times we will, if one of us finds a book, we might start reading it, and then we'll call the other one and say, hey, you really need to read this book. It's so good. And then we'll talk about it afterwards and we'll talk about it as we read it. And that's fun to do. I know my mom yeah. it really is. We we really enjoy it. My mom and I exchange books sometimes and sometimes reads what we're reading at the same time and she was the one that told me about um Crash and Burn by Lisa Gardner. That was a and she told me that that was a good book and I should read it. And it really was a good book. That book stuck with me for a long time. Jane, come on in. Yes, thank you. So I want to revert to childhood, except I want to revert to it as an adult. So I guess I'll be in my second or third childhood about now. But there is a wonderful writer whose name is Quaim Alexander. And I think it's spelled K-W-A-M. Wait. K-W-A-I-M, I'm not sure. He's written two books that I know are on NLS that I have loved. One of them is called How to Write a Poem. And it starts out by asking or telling, explaining that you can start writing a poem if you ask a question, like how does the acorn do this or that? It's a wonderfully descriptive book for children except this adult child adores it. And the other one just makes me smile and laugh out loud. It's called The Acoustic Rooster and His Barnyard Band. So if you know instruments, you know acoustic means something like, you know, a gut string, something that isn't electric. And you get the acoustic rooster, so you know it's gotta be a musical rooster and his barnyard band and all the animals in the band are named with play on words for famous musicians. So you have Duck Wellington instead of Duke Ellington. And just, it goes on from there. But they are charming, charming books. You've got to read them. And the fun thing for me as the adult who says she still has to keep learning because you never quit learning in life, I hope, at the end of that children's book, which is maybe 17 or 18 minutes, you have the list of all of the musical references and the names of the musicians after whom these animals were named. So it's it's an informative read, and it, it just will lighten you up. So, oh, let me turn the phone off. Goodbye. So that author spells his last name. Alexander. A-L-K-W-A-M-E. And that's Quaim is his first name. No, yeah, you're correct. You're right. And he reads 
he reads the acoustic rooster and his barnyard band. Uh -huh. He doesn't read the other one. Hold on. Okay. This I have to call this back there. Now All I right. Thank you. That's, yes. That's so, a good beginning. So in response to the question, what do you, what does your family do twice a year? My family does book bingo and it involves all of my daughters, my wife and me, and my oldest daughter creates the bingo boards. And this, the categories are things like a horror book. You wouldn't normally read uh, a romance you uh, heard about, but have not yet read um, uh, nonfiction about a place you want to visit. And there's just any number of, categories and you over that the period of that designated month you fill out your little bingo board and whoever gets first is obviously bragging rights and uh there may be a, a some small modest thing associated with it uh it's it's a great way to to unite people who are separated geographically and we do it like i said twice a year usually once in the spring once in the fall and it works really well it's a good system so well, that would be fun to do. There it really was, is, yeah. There used to be um, a podcast by all these two people that were publishers that worked for the same publishing company, and they did that in the summer, and they would have a contest and invite the readers to to join, and they'd each get a different card. Mm -hmm. I wish that podcast was still around. That was a pretty good one. No, I forget the name of it. It's been too long ago now. It's been three or four years ago. I'm listening to one called Book Talk, etc. that I absolutely love. It's uh, The women are from here in the Midwest. Uh, one of them is Tina. One is Renee. That's the only names you get. And um, they talk about all kinds of stuff, different different genres. It's, uh, it's every Tuesday that they publish. So it's one of the multi-million book talk podcasts that are out there. <laughs> <laughs> It's why they can't find us is because they're listening to to their to those two. But it's worth it. I've really enjoyed them, the, both of them. So I bet you've oh. got a review for us since nobody. I do, and I am thrilled beyond words that Sherry Gomes is on this call because she gets credit for some of the best couple or three hours I've spent in a long time. And it's all her fault. And I'm sending digital hugs. And and hopefully that isn't going to be too too difficult to deal with. They're heartfelt, at least. Um, last week in this space, she recommended Leon Uris's Battle Cry. And I had not read it. I thought, wow, that's why have I not known about this? I've heard of Exodus, but I've not yet read Exodus. I want to now that I've read this. This is a fictional account of a Marine division in World War II. And you follow them from boot camp through places like Guadalcanal, uh, Guadalcanal, Tarawa. Uh, there are several battles in which they take place. This is, as I pointed out in my review, that has not yet been released anywhere except here first. It's a war story in the way that a great war story ought to be. Uh, it's just, I don't know why she referenced this last week. I'm just calling it divine inspiration or something in my behalf. Um, I knew based on her description last week that I would love this. And oh my goodness, was I ever correct. Um, you're going to remember this for a long time. The dialogue is ultra snappy. There's a, a some of it is poignant and some of it is uh, fascinating because it deals with the interpersonal relationships among these men. They become just comrades under the most impossible circumstances. Um, you get the, like I said in the beginning, you get a glimpse of the lives of these fictional Marines. They're radio men and you see their progress from boot camp to the jungles of Guadalcanal, Tarawa. Um, Oh, I just, it was, there's nowhere I would have cut this book. Sometimes I'll be real critical of a book and say, yeah, that story could have been told in half the time or half the pages or whatever. Not so with this. 
these guys are disparate men who come together and form a genuinely cohesive unit that brings uh, the most amazing stories to, to pass. That, that cohesion is disrupted only in death, and even the survivors love and remember the ones who have passed on. It's a touching story of a bunch of Americans who loved each other and sacrificed all they had for one another. The concept of esprit de corps is very much alive and well in this book. He captures everything that matters in this book. I laughed long and loudly when they would burst out in some of their ribald songs. Some of those songs just used to crack me up that they would sing while they were marching. And uh, it's just so typical of that that era and that time in our, our history. And obviously very realistic stuff. These relationships come to life in big, vivid ways. You'll cheer for these guys and you'll cry almost for the guys who didn't make it home. And because this is good fiction, it's not all about Hollywood happy endings. There are some who deserve to live. All of them do, of course, but many of them just don't make it home. And it's then up to the main narrator, a guy named Mac, who has to go visit families and tie up loose ends and just, uh, the other piece of this that really buzzed my gears was that the author referenced the battleship on which my dad served. My dad was on the USS Maryland and uh, after it was fixed up after Pearl Harbor. And the author references that with uh, glowing uh, terms and phrases here. So that obviously made it happy uh, a happy time for me. Even though it's a fictional book, the, certainly the USS Maryland is a, a true uh, battleship. It was real. And uh, I know that firsthand. Uh, this one looks unblinkingly at death and every other horror a war can conflict, can, can if inflict on its uh, participants. The author even looks at the role of prejudice and racism among the American troops. And the conclusion of that is hugely satisfactory. I have never read anything with this author. That has to change. This is worth your time. It's one of those rare books that are going to change how you think about the world and how you understand the world as it existed in the 1940s. Most of them are, most books like that are laughably forgettable in days. Not so this one. It's, it's worth your time, really. Robert Donnelly's narration breathes life into this. And in fact, he, he does so in ways that I don't think any other narrator could have achieved. As Sherry pointed out last week, he sounds like he either was a drill sergeant or or <laughs> was a tremendous actor where he could have been. Um, he becomes these men. And when it's time to scream orders that, that make a difference between life and death, he, Donnelly, acts as though he was there in the battle and is simply repeating what he witnessed. Um, that's, again, Battle Cry by Leon Uris. U-R-I-S B-B-1-5-0-6-5 Kathy, come on in. Well, hi, everybody. It's good to be back. Um, I haven't been doing a whole lot of reading lately, but as you were talking about what you do with your families, it brought me back to when my mother would read to me because well they didn't have the books that you know she was reading to me in braille and i wondered if anybody has ever heard it's it's a book about a little girl and her family and her name was honey bunch morton do you know anything about anything like that that might be on bard i haven't never heard searched yet I well either probably isn't there <laughs> anyway i we spent a lot of enjoyable time uh me listening and her poor woman reading 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 <laughs> i've been reading a lot of uh animal books like veterinarian and funny things and animal oriented but i can't tell you anything in you know specific but i think the book that i read lately that um was the longest book and it was on db review it's called the officer's wives and it's about people that the men are graduating from 
I don't know what that school is. Um, but anyway, and then they're going to be assigned to various places. And it was just, it was in the 1950s when it starts. And, and there's three couples. It kind of jumps around because it's talking about one couple and then it starts talking about another couple. And it you you think, why, why don't they finish? You know, and then they'll go back later and take up some more of the people's lives. And that's interesting, you know. And, uh, yeah, poor guy. He keeps coming and going there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an internet connection issue, isn't it? Bill? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it could be. Now, I do have a quick announcement. Speaking of those issues. I'm done. Okay, I'm sorry, Kathy. Nope, I'm um, done. Okay. Beginning next week, we will provide and send out with the letter and in the meeting a special number for people who have trouble, who have, shall we say, a less than adequate connection. In other words, because when that happens, you come in and out of a meeting and it's just not a good thing. So we're going to give a number to you that you can call in and then I will be able to place you in the room and you can listen on your telephone if you wish. But it's to help people out with that for whatever reason can't access the Internet and have signal problems so nolan they'll be able to do a direct number like a 317-886-1103 and we can put them in the room and they can talk the other thing you can do in your zoom program i think jaws has enabled this i believe the keystroke is windows alt s and it will let you disable those alerts if you're tired of hearing them Right, right, because so, we're trying to record, and it's not their fault, I understand. No, right, it's not. And if you don't want to hear those alerts, any, I think that's the keystroke. I could be wrong. Right. It Windows works for control. me, but then I'm using Brian Hartson's Zoom scripts. So right, well, I am I'm too. I'm in a but, different universe here. Right, but I want to provide a phone number, and we've used it some on occasion before, which you would just call in direct. And right. let's say you're just on your phone and, but you've got a great review and you want to do it or you can just call in and then we'll put you on or if need be, we can put you on hold and you can listen through your phone. So it's to not, it's to be inclusive. In other words, it helps out with the flow of the meeting a little bit better if you're having internet issues. And they can also use the zoom numbers too, that, you know a zoom number right. to get into so as we'll, well there's many ways you can do it right so we want to make sure that everybody gets in that wants in or if you don't have it and you're just maybe technically challenged or just don't want to learn it you can do it so back to you guys well i again i, I don't want to beat it to death i just want to thank sherry for that Stellar recommendation made a made a huge. And what happy. did you say the DB number that was? One five zero six five. And then we do have a raised hand. I we see. do, Deb. Come on in, Deb. Yes, and I'm a little bit under there. She is. Um, Kathy, there are a couple of really good mystery series that are um, involved with veterinarians. And, of course, I'm not remembering the name of either one of them at the moment, but one, the lady's name, who's the author, sounds um, Japanese. Um, and it's about a woman who is a, well, let's see, she's a veterinarian. How is that? No, she is, there is a veterinarian, and he and the woman who becomes his love interest and eventually marries um she's she is a canine officer in the local police and it's very fascinating i love the interaction between the dog and her her dog's name is robo and i cannot remember her name of course <laughs> and then the veterinarian is her friend and eventual marriage partner 
and it's just really quite nice and there's all kinds of interesting scenes in the vet's office and stuff like that and then the other one i don't remember even i don't remember any of the other unless i go look it up i apologize but it also is about a woman who is a vet in a small town and is like the substitute vet for the normal vet that's there and is he's taking like a year-long trip around the world so it's and that one there's only like three or four of those but if you look closely and want to go somewhere else for the books there those are on bars but if you look closely and go somewhere else for the books there are three or four more that look like they're going to be very interesting and I think that may have been like done by a different publisher because it's a slightly different name. Um, sorry to not have any better information than that. I'm hoping somebody else knows what I'm talking about. Very good, Deb. Uh, Gregory, come on in. There we go. We sent him the request. Here I am. There he is. You made okay. it. I, just, <laughs> I can always find everything but the unmute button. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is Greg Daniel. I wanted to uh, help Debbie help Deb out with uh, the author she was trying to think of was Eileen, E-I-L-E-E-N, is it never? Brady, B-R-A-D-Y. That's exactly right. Yeah. And her first book was Unmuzzled. Uh, Kate Turner is the is the vet. And that's the first book in that series. That's Unmuzzled. a good series, yeah. Oh, it's it's loads of fun. A small yeah, town. Sure I mean, I'm I'm a small town. I mean, a kid from a small town in northern Ohio, and I love books from small towns. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so it that that's that's the books to start with. And actually, you know, you could you could read any of those books, and it really wouldn't matter in a way. Although there's of course, there's a lot of uh, background that builds from one, uh, one, there's one, uh, you know, uh, I, I try to start at the, at the beginning, mm -hmm. but uh, uh, it's, I'm trying to talk around the thing here, um, but uh, it, it's, it's a really, it's a really fun series and there's a lot of, the, the staff is very close and, and, uh, and uh, she's got a good rapport with all the animals on her routes that she and her assistant go to visit. And uh, uh, it's, it's a qu quite an enter entertaining book. Yeah. I love that series. The whole thing is really excellent. Very good. Thank uh, you. Greg, thank you. Uh, yep, Sherry, Sherry's next. Okay. First of all, Nolan, I'm so happy you love that book. I love it. I reread it every couple of years or so. Makes sense. And yeah, I yep. think about it sometimes and think, I wonder what that character is doing now. Right. I mean, they're so right. alive. They're so people yep. you really feel like you would know. Yeah. So I'm so glad you like that. Yeah. And um, I think Jenny asked about like a favorite book that isn't part of a series. And I would have to say, because I like all kinds of genres, and I do like epic fantasy, I'm kind of picky about it. And my favorite fantasy author is Guy Gavriel K, Guy, G-A-V, like Victor, R-I-E-L, K, K-A-Y. And he writes fantasy novels that are in, set in different fantasy worlds, but often offset against history, like some time in our history. And my favorite one, I have a feeling I mentioned this before, but I'm sorry for, you know, repeating reruns, um, is Tigana, T-I-G-A-N-A. And it's about a land that has been taken over by two sorcerers. And one of them in order to punish the province that fought him the most, takes away their name. He makes it so nobody can hear or remember the name of that province unless they were born there. 
And at the time I first read this back in the 90s on NLS cassette, I was living um, not, I was still in California, but I was in a different part from where I grew up. But I had lived away from California before. And I remember thinking how I would have felt if somebody had done that, you know, taken away the name of the place where I was born and grew up and the place that I loved. Wow. And it follows this group of characters that is working to overthrow the sorcerers and claim the name of Tagana again. It's mostly in the point of view of one character, although occasionally it veers into somebody else's point of view. But it, it's something, when I need something to reread or, you know, my curl up bio in my chair on a winter night and I want something that I call a comfort book, I'll reach for Tagana again and again. It is on Bard, but I don't remember the number. I used to have it memorized, but now it's just permanently on my track. I never delete it, so I don't have to remember the DB number anymore. Tell me the title again. Tigana, T-I-G-A-N-A. Okay. By Guy Gabriel K. All right. There's a lot of adventure, a lot of interesting characters, definitely some danger, some really sad things that happen, some things that I remember when they happened near the end, I was just astounded and horrified. But there's ultimate, you know, you want to, in the end, get up and cheer ultimately. So I like a book, even if it has a sad ending, if it leaves me hope and makes me happy in some way, I like that. So, Jenny, for the benefit of your notes, it's DB337, uh, 33071. That's it. Oh, thank you. And sure. if I could quickly talk about another book I read this week that course, I haven't yeah. quite figured out how, how to review on DB Review. I read this in high school. And as a teenage girl who still, for some reason, believed that true love would last forever, particularly first true love would last forever, even though I was raised by my dad. And at the time I was in high school, he was on his third wife. Um. This book doesn't have that kind of ending. It's called 17th Summer. And it's about a girl and a boy sometime before World War II. And a summer where they start going out and they fall in love and they have a very sweet romance. It's a totally clean book. Um, no swearing, no sex scenes, nothing like that. And it's the summer right before a big transition in both their lives. As oh. an adult now in my 60s, I loved this book. 17th Summer, it's the word spelled out, 17th. And it's by Maureen Daly, D-A-L-Y. It's a very sweet book if somebody just wants something sweet and mm -hmm. not difficult or tense or anything like that to read. Like I said, I didn't like the ending as a teenage girl but i really like it now it's a very That's nice great. book very cool that very sounds cool. good too one quick addition for the notes jenny the the tigana book is also a braille title it's brg 0051 okay and if you want to download that it's 10 volumes so it's big fun kathy is next go ahead kathy oh, i just wanted to comment on and thank uh, the lady that told me about the vet books. I, I have read Eileen Brady's books, but I should have remembered her her name, the author's name, because my sister Joyce, her middle name was Eileen, and she married Brady. So we all started out in life as Eichelberger, and she became Brady, I became Long, and my younger sister became Bond. So I guess, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, we probably look alike, some of us, but, you know, our but you went all, all sorts of different ways, right? <laughs> well, uh, with with names, anyway. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. I still see my my younger sister. My older sister Joyce has passed on. She had um, 
she had cancer and we miss her. But, you know, I, I get together with my younger sister and her husband. They're very helpful to me, especially like yard work and stuff like that. They're just gems, really gems. <laughs> but anyway, thank you. And um, yeah, I'm kind of into animals, especially cats. I know, Nolan, how you feel about cats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you've probably read all the cat who books, I bet. Oh, probably, probably. And uh, it's fun. It's fun. But I love this hour. This is just the greatest hour. It just goes so fast. <laughs> no, it does. And Jenny, I love when we get the, um, you know, because sometimes can't can't write it down or can't get it in fast enough before something else is, you know. So I really like that you give us the titles and the DB numbers. It's awesome. That Thank is you. most the most one of the most valuable things we do. It's that's just huge. It. Uh... And I suppose since we have no hands, <clears throat> uh, Jennifer, that might be a good time to tell people how they can get that list if they would like it. If you would like the the list that I send out of all of the books that we talked about each week. And if they're uh, available in BARD, I always find all the BARD information and put the uh, the summary in there from BARD is, I just lost my, is uh, legend-booktalk plus sign subscribe at groups.io. It's legend-booktalk. Plus sign subscribe at groups.io. And the book talk is all one word. Right. Okay. Nolan, how about the DB review? If they if they would like to be a part of that. Oh, that's a good question. And I'll get and I'll get Kathy while you're doing that. That's a good question. And it's uh it's fairly easy. It's it costs you nothing to to be part of it. You don't even have to contribute a review if you don't want to. You can just absorb whatever others are doing. That's fine. Uh, there's no quotas or limits. You simply sign up by sending a blank email to db review plus sign subscribe at groups.io. And uh, we get you confirmed. I have a co moderator who is a grand master of helping <laughs> keep that in all in order. And he's a, he's a delight to work with. And it, 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 we get you all confirmed fairly quickly and, and you're, you're set up and going in no time. So db review plus sign subscribe at groups.io and i think i said kathy but it's actually deb so deb come on in i sent the review the unmute to the right person so that's the that's, that's the all big that matters thing. yes you know? that's yeah. what matters so <laughs> deb I'm come on now. in there you go you caught me with my unmute and i was off looking at something a couple of things one is um the Timber Creek Canine Mystery Series is the one that the other one that I was talking about. If you'll give me just another second, I think I can get you the author's name. Let's uh, see. Going to come to memory, but not in time. <laughs> um, the first book in the Nolan, if you're Margaret like, Mizushima. Yes, that's it. And Margaret M I Z U S H I M A. And Killing Trail is the name of the first book in the series. I found those really fascinating. I kind of really, I love the stuff about like the service dogs and the especially the canine police dog type stuff. It's just really fascinating to me anyway. So I just really like that. And there's several of them. Let's see. Uh, looks like you're about eight of them. So you got some wow, good, good, bit a of good long series. Without like being forever. Yep. Um, the other thing is, I just got to the point where I was writing the email, and then now I cannot remember anything about what I'm supposed to put. So, Jenny, if you could please give me the last part of the email address. And I'm not, give me just another second while I get back to where I need to be. Okay. I am now ready. It's, it's legend-booktalk, and then the plus sign. And then subscribe at groups.io. 
And it's not a real high traffic list. We know okay. people so far okay. it's just been me sending out things. But if people want to talk about a book or, you know, I encourage them to do that because you can talk about any book just like we do on this show. And she's nicer than me. She, she, she'll <laughs> let you talk about any book you want. So. Well, but I don't, it's not called DB review. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I see your point. <laughs> Went well taken. See, yeah. See, maybe I want to talk about a bookshare book. Well, you, you could, know, yeah. Like that. That's why she's more fun. <laughs> there you go. Well, no no hands, so go ahead, guys. There's a workaround. What you do is what I've done before is if I read it on Audible, I look and see if it's on DVD. I always do that, and that's legit as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> so I may not have read the one that's on bar. Doesn't but matter. I, yeah. So yeah, I guess we don't I've care. cheated a few times. No, that's not cheating. That's legit. As long as you reference the DB numbers and so on, that's fine. <laughs> Making it so. legal for the review. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. have to get back to it. I've been remiss lately. It's it's in through the back door, but that we always keep that back entrance clean, so it's all good. <laughs> I always wipe my feet on the mat. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's well lit. It's clean, so you're all safe. Yeah. <laughs> So who's next? Who has a, do you have one or do you want me to um, do one? Or well, I have one or you can go. No, you see. go ahead then. Because we always wrap it up with Nolan anyway. So you take <laughs> your time doing one. This one, guys, I've been, since mom and dad have been here, it's been Michael Connolly, Michael Connolly. So this, <laughs> this is a lost light, which is oh, book 10, I believe in the Harry Bosch series by Michael Connolly, and in this one, um, Harry has retired after after everything that happened in City of Bones and the, and the trauma of everything and the rookie getting shot and, and dying and everything else. He, he retires, hangs up his badge at the end of that, and then he he works kind of for himself, kind of freelances. And in this one, he gets a call from a from a from a former cop who's who's paralyzed after as getting shot in a in a restaurant, him and his partner, and his partner, they were off duty and his partner passed away and he survived such as it is. And he can't do anything for himself. And anyway, he tells Harry about this this case that they were working on with with a missing FBI agent. And so Harry reinvestigates. He he opens the case and he doesn't realize that it's he gets involved with the FBI and they they don't want him to work on it. They keep telling him that it's already being worked and he gets involved. They it ends up that that there's uh, counter terrorists have taken taken over the the case and he gets in the middle of it and and it, it was a pretty good book. And and it was called Lost Light. And it's DB55764 or BR22574. And that's Lost Light by Michael Connolly. They love Michael Connolly. It's all Michael Connolly all the time. <laughs> yeah, you can't go wrong with that. Uh, it could be all Michael Connolly. Do you, you read the Michael Connolly books, Bill? Yes, I've read them all before. But they take it to the next level. Yeah, they just, that's <laughs> what they've been reading. And they, I think they've read them before. And the last one they, the last one they read, I really didn't like because, it, well, they read, they just finished the Narrows, which is the next one in the list. But to make the whole thing make sense, you read, you need, I think you need to have read the poet first. And in the list we had, the poet was not part listed as part of the Harry Bosch series itself. Mm. It's part of another series, but 
Yeah. But if you read that first, the, the narrows would make a lot more sense because the poet comes back and, mm. uh, and maybe that maybe that's a question for some week is what book do you have that you can read over and over again and still enjoy it? That might be a good one for no, some weeks. That's a, a hard one for me because I'm not a rereader. So <laughs> I'm yeah. typically not your age. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? I said it depends yeah, upon your that, age. Yeah. Yeah, what what's that? But remember, coming up next week, there will be an, a, a phone number to get yourself also in the room. We'll be putting out a direct seven-digit phone number with an area code, but you'll be able to get right in if you have problems or don't want to use them, but you want to talk about your favorite book. So it's coming up next week. So, Nolan, if we killed enough time here let's see oh we're not ready to wrap it I've yeah got, we got 14 minutes i've got yeah, a couple more we, minutes, can use. So. we don't want a short shrift here no uh, let's uh as i've mentioned many times by now i'm very much interested in increasing my nonfiction uh reviews for the year in that spirit i am practically screaming out my recommendation so enthused am i about it for I love you, Ronnie. The letters of Ronald Reagan to Nancy Reagan. Obviously, she compiled these. The, the order number is DB84103. If you can order from the National Library Service, once again, it's DB84103. Um, there's no gauge that that's going to allow me to rate this high enough in my, in my rating system. I, I don't know what, how to deal with it. It's my favorite book in 2024 so far. That will change over the course of the year. But as of the end of January, uh, this one has to go down as the standout for me in the nonfiction world. More than once, I blinked back tears as I read this and uh, felt somewhat convicted and, and thought, you know, you could have communicated better to your own wife over the last 40 some years. And you really haven't done as good a job as that as you ought to have. And and here he is really showing you how it's done. Um, this is a compi compilation of letters from Mr. Reagan to Nancy over a 40-year period of time, starting back in the 1950s, working through his years as the spokesman for General Electric um, and as the the spokesperson, the guy who handled the 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 big valley or and death valley days whatever that show was that he was on all those weeks i can't quote from pieces of these letters because the i read the audio and instead of reading it in, in braille as i should have i would if you if you really want to read this and just immerse the braille is a good way to do it because you can really snip out pieces and just kind of have those and say oh man that's that's beautiful writing if you could see snippets of these they would move you no matter what you thought of Mr. Reagan or his policies, his philosophies. Um, the, and I, I will be the first to tell you in the spirit of full disclosure that I frankly admired the guy by and large, a lot of things I didn't agree with, but I love that, that voice. I was a new dad in the early eighties when he kept saying, stay the course it's morning in America. We're going to be okay. And I was uh, a little worried about where my next dime was going to come from during some of those years. And hearing him out there telling me it's morning in America, it's going to be okay, uh, made a huge difference to this this dad, who this guy who was the father of very young, small children in those years. Um, as he slipped into the fog of dementia, I have every certainty that these letters became even more treasured to her than they had been. And they were doubtless treasure, treasures all her life. Uh, it took some courage for her to publish these. He would often refer to her as Nancy Pooh Pants um, in the letters. I'm not quite sure where that had its origins, but I'm not sure I want to know either. Um, he often called her mommy in these letters. It's a, an endearing thing. These letters are literary works of art. They're things of beauty. You read these and you are, you're just absolutely gobstopped. You're like, oh man, what a way to say it. Um, this is the kind of stuff that, you know what? Let's face it. There are millions of lonely, extremely sad, lonely women in relationships who would give anything to hear 
the kind of stuff Ronald Reagan wrote in these letters because he was so genuine about it and meant it with such depth. Um, they're beautiful and worth more than whatever he paid for the most expensive gifts he may have purchased. <laughs> One year he presented Nancy with diamonds on Christmas and asked in the letter, in the love letter that accompanied it, whether she wanted to get stoned. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just his typical Reagan humor. You see here an ache in their hearts when the two of them are separated for more than five minutes. Um, the jaded among us would say, oh, the old guy was an actor. That's all this was. I guess you have to make your own decisions about that. That's your business. It sure didn't feel like a plastic display of phony love to me. It, these felt real, absolutely vibrantly real. I came away really moved. I... I could have written stuff like this over the years and didn't, and it's it's forced me to really step back and rethink and reevaluate what I can do better uh, to communicate. You got to set aside whatever negativity you may feel toward Reagan, his policies, the party, whatever. Try to try to lie that down and just just read this as a, a love story. Uh, I don't reread books often, but I will come back to this one just to immerse myself in what must have been a real romance of the ages. Uh, I would have liked a few more letters and a little less commentary from Nancy, but on balance, this works out really well. That's a small thing compared to the excellence and the heartfelt love that you see in these, these letters. There are two editions of this on Bard. I only read the commercial version, um, narrated by a woman named Sally Doherty. The other Bard version is, looks like it was done by one of those uh, auxiliary organizations like the Houston taping for the blind or the Florida group. And I always, most of those narrators never appealed to me very much. So I opted for the commercial one. Uh, she had an unusual accent, but it appealed to me. She sounded nothing like Nancy Reagan, by the way, but that was okay because she read these with a, a real degree of competence. They had a male voice read the actual content of the letters. He sounded nothing like Ronald Reagan either, but nobody does. So, um, he, he well, was that okay, would take though. rich little or somebody like that <laughs> sorry that would take somebody like rich little yeah you'd need a, a good imitator or an ai kind of a voice that would would be able to do that so again that's called i love you comma ronnie colon the letters of ronald reagan to nancy reagan the order number is db84103 and i cannot recommend it highly enough if you want to just read a remarkable story of romance and genuine love between two people that absolutely was unshakable. That sounds good. It really was. He had some books. Uh, President Reagan did too. They're called the, it's called the Reagan diaries and there's two That's... volumes to it. Yes. And uh, I read both of them and those are, that those are good books too. Yeah. I'll bet they are. Yeah. Um, also, uh, George W. Bush had a book called Decision Points. Yes. I've, and there, I've there again, there again, whether you agree with the policies or not, right? it at least helps you understand what these guys were thinking when they did this or that. Yeah. You know, so yep. I would recommend any of those books. Yeah. Anyone have any hands up? Um, let's see. Yes, we do. We have Dale. So let's... Uh, Let's bring up uh, Dale. There you go, Dale. Go ahead and unmute. Oh, thanks, sir. I want to thank everybody for a great book club. But uh, you'd mentioned that uh, something that uh, uh, Ronald Reagan fell into the uh, the fog of dementia, and that kind of brought to mind some other books about dementia and Alzheimer's. And the one that I've read was uh, The Emotional Journey of the Alzheimer's Family. I don't know what the book number is right off the gate, but uh, okay. uh, Nolan can help us out with that one there. Over it. to you, Nolan. Okay, well, let me. I can look it up while we're while we're doing some other things here. Absolutely. What if you can't offer sure. it? Well, that's all good. But, yeah, it was a pretty good book I read about uh, dementia and Alzheimer's and, uh, and you know, how it uh, can uh, really affect the family, too, you know, because they're uh, – seeing their loved one uh deteriorate into childhood here it is guys oh i didn't mean to interrupt dale i beg your forgiveness it's it is indeed called the emotional journey of the alzheimer's family db82 
305. The author is, well, there are two authors here. The first one is Robert B. Santulli, S-A-N-T-U-L-L-I. And the yeah. other one is um, Keston, K-E-S-S-T-A-N, Blandon, B-L-A-N-D-I-N. And uh, yeah, so yeah, it's a nine-hour well, book. Yeah, that would be a good... Sorry about that, but I uh, okay. don't want to jump in real quick, but uh, that You're would fine. be a good book for uh, those of the, you with uh, have friends and family that are uh, suffering from dementia or Alzheimer's or anything like that. There's Very other cool. good books out there on that uh, on that topic as well. So I'm going to mm -hmm. pass it back to you guys and Thank let you you. finish it out. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yep. I appreciate So we have four minutes. I have one more that I can blow through in four minutes. If you want, otherwise, if somebody else wants something, let's do it. We do oh. not have any hands. Go ahead. All right. This is quick. This is not a book I was happy about. Um, and sometimes you got to review those. It's okay to get a little snarky about your books. I think I'm going to, uh, either neutrally review or perhaps actively warn you against uh, Sleeping with the Enemy by Nancy Price. This is DB26606. If you can download these things. Um, there's a 1991 movie that is the offspring of this book, and the movie may have actually been better. This book left me filled with a lot of ennui which is in other words boredom and blase you don't want that in your books um if you can help it this is the story of martin bernie who regularly beats sarah his wife and does a nice not nice but a, a really thorough job of it um he's broken her wrist on one occasion done damage to her spleen uh, flung her down flights of stairs and banged her head on walls she is battered by every measure, every definition. It's always her fault, of course. Things aren't cooked right. Things aren't done exactly on time. Thank goodness there were no children for him to bang around. The couple was actually in love in the earliest days of the honeymoon and the marriage, but things went sour fairly quickly. Sarah no longer could wear short sleeves shirts or shorts because the bruises were evident. Uh, it's, a, it's an ugly a mess. She ingeniously fakes her death and becomes Laura Prey, a resident of Cedar Falls, Iowa. And uh, her neighbor is Ben. He's a guy who teaches at a nearby university. Predictably enough, and against her better judgments, Laura and Ben get cuddly eventually. Um, Martin gets wind that she's not actually dead, and so he's on the hunt to try to find her. This should have been much more suspenseful than it was. It felt contrived. It felt ridiculous. You're going to get a job taking care of old, old of an old uh, car crash victim who taught at the university where, where Ben now works, but you don't have any papers. You don't have a social security name, a number in your name, Laura Prey. Come on, who's going to hire you without the, at least some kind of paperwork? It's ridiculous. This is pre-internet stuff, so it's going to be a little easier to fake your death pre-internet, I think, than it is now. She somehow manages to get a bank account in spite of this apparent lack of paperwork or at least a limited amount of it. I don't know. The suspense was lackluster here. I stayed with it to see whether he caught up to her and what he does, what happens if he does. But it lacks some of the edginess and twistiness of current modern-day thrillers. I didn't hate it, but it was okay. Just okay. I mean, it was maybe two stars if I'm feeling good. Again, that is called Sleeping with the Enemy by Nancy Price, DB26606. Cedar Falls, Iowa, Nolan. That's 10 minutes from where I was raised. Well, there you go. Bill, it's your call. We have a hand with Deb. Do you want to take it or come back next week? Uh, as long as she can, you know, go ahead. I just okay. want to yeah, go ahead. Okay. I just wanted to say that, um, Nolan, when I read your review about that, I thought, of, I think there's a lot of books from that era that when you read them now, they're just flat. 
Yes. I think this is sort of maybe the same thing. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. They're not that this they don't hold up well. They just they're dated. They're extremely dated, and they don't hold up well at all. So yeah, I see that in several different genres too, mm -hmm. and I'm not really mm -hmm. sure why. I wonder yep. if it's like I don't know. It's that's, that's fascinating how that works. Yeah. Thanks, Deb. Thanks, everyone, and all. Have a great week. We'll see you back next week. Thanks, Nolan. Thanks, Perry. Take care, Thanks, all. Bye.